Hello everybody, it's April the 17th and welcome to um, our Thursday recording, recording on Wednesday, um, which is which is an odd concept. Um, but, it's um, like time travel. Yes, it's one pioneered by um, Have I Got News For You, which always means if anything good happens tomorrow, um, that Apple press conference we missed, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sony have gone burst. Um, there's, there's loads happened and we've missed it all. Um, but it is the 17th of April um, and um, I'd like to wish my mother happy birthday as it is her 60th Aww. birthday today. Um, so if at any point she ever chooses to listen to these podcasts... Um, <laughs> then she's, she, you mean she's not downloading it every week religiously on iTunes? No, because you see, my mum has had 25 years of me talking about technology, comics, uh, computer games, Game Boys. Um, so she's she's had enough. <laughs> but what a what a pleasure that would be for her to be able to pause you and to turn you down and <laughs> and, only, and only listen to me for 45 minutes a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got to get your mum on the show. Yeah, we should definitely get my mum on the show. Um, if there's anything this show misses, it's an angry Welsh woman. <laughs> that would work. That would she's work. not angry. She's uh, she's she's a lovely woman. Um, anyway, this isn't the Doomray Mumcast. Um, <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, um, so um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one this week, really. Um, we've it's been a bit not dry on news, but it's been a bit quiet on news. Um, and one thing we've wanted to talk about for a while um, was kind of uh, retro tech and, you know, the, um, the, well, we've, we thought we'd kind of pick different subjects. So this this week we're talking about um, handheld um, video games devices. Um, so what we agreed pre-show was I'll do post-1994 and you can do pre-1994. <laughs> There's nothing interesting happened, happened after 1992. No, anyway. true. Um, but, um, you know, it, this this was based on the fact that um, I said I remember getting my first Game Boy in 1992. Um, I was five and you said I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about, I was about 25. So, <clears throat> but, I, but I got it about the same time. It was about a couple of years after it launched here, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so, it was it was um, nineteen ninety, I think, yeah, it was released it was, yeah. here, September nineteen ninety in uh, in Europe. Yeah, um, you can you can be our QI elf. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can fact check. I'll look, st I'll look stuff up. Yeah, um, but yeah, because it was released a year earlier in uh, Japan, obviously. But yeah. then, as everything, we wait. Um, so yeah, so um, really, the game, I mean, so there's the Game Boy your first. Yeah, the game, well, I was five. I, don't know. I, I guess so. I don't think I had the uh, coordination um, capabilities before um, before 1992. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Game Boy was um, was a console that I had for years. I mean, I I had it until I got a Game Boy Color uh, in 1998. So, I, you know, I had, I had the thing for six years, which is these days unheard that's, of. It's a lifetime, isn't it? These yeah. days, I mean, you, yeah, absolutely. If you think about, think what's happened in in six years with the with iPhone. Yeah. And you just think of, of the, the 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 changes and advances in that system uh, over that time. Yet things stayed relatively static. But the, yeah, and but also it's it's interesting as well because um, this is something that you know I ever since we came up with this topic, it was funny because. Um, I have a 3DS, um, which sits somewhat unplayed, um, until Fire Emblem comes out and then it'll get played a lot. But, um, it's interesting cause I, I was thinking back on, you know, what's happened to, uh, handheld devices cause, uh, um, you know, games devices. Cause uh, when I was a kid, everybody had, um, Game Boys had, um, some people had Game Gears, but they were weird. Um, and you know it's it's funny because it's the the iPhone and the kind of smartphone is now the handheld yeah. or the iPod or the yeah. iPod Touch, um, and it's it's really funny because I think when when kind of smartphones first started coming out, um, it was you know it was the games market wasn't wasn't something that that they were kind of aiming at, but then it definitely became. Um, a selling point. I mean, you know, there's 
I know Sony do an Xperia um, with PlayStation buttons. So you know, it's it's a real part, integral part of smartphones and of of, of the phone business now is this kind of gaming capabilities. Um, and how will I play Angry Birds is the first question that everybody asks yeah. when they pick up the phone. And probably the reason, one of the many reasons why BlackBerry has failed um, recently. Hmm. Uh, Do we want to take this, let's take this all the way back then. Yeah, and, yeah, no, let's. And kind of, because uh, see how, how, not all that, we're not going to have time to talk about all the whole journey through this whole thing, but it might be interesting to kind well, of. Well, I'll put uh, the Trump soundtrack on. <laughs> You can do 1977, I think, was one of the first ones, through to, through to 1994. Yeah. Then I'll put the Trump Legacy soundtrack on and cover the rest of it. Well, it is, it is interesting thinking back, because the last couple of days I've been kind of blogging about older technologies and things. I talked about a hypercard yesterday. Um, and, uh, and it just got me thinking about... about um, about the kind of devices and software that that I've loved, it's, it's hard to you know I could I could I could count probably the the pieces of software I've loved on the fingers of one hand, but when I start thinking about the physical devices, the physical electronic devices. It, Sorry, it's, I'm it's just thinking so you're all... the only person in the world who, when somebody says, "What was your first love?" you say an Atari two. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I see. I was. I guess I came to this a little bit late, and I was being being in the UK. We we got um, we got some of this stuff late anyway. Um, and and being from a kind of a, a midlands working class kind of background, it's it was um, witchcraft. <laughs> it was it was witchcraft. No, but but you know these these things we we weren't the the kid the kids at school weren't uh, weren't the parents weren't loaded, and so we didn't get a lot of this stuff. And we started to in the in the mid to late seventies to see this stuff kind of creeping through, and we'd pick up an occasional magazine or catalogue that would have. Uh, pictures of, of Atari 2600s in them and we and we'd kind of pour over the details and, and say oh you know look at, just look at the beautiful artwork on the on the game boxes that there's going to be nothing like these little <laughs> these little blocks that, that move around the screen when we get them and and we started to see kind of dedicated tv games but the handheld things were I think it was really where the magic was um and I guess it it was this thing that you you know you you could it, you you could play them independently, and yeah. the fact the fact that we were in households, you know, pretty much all of us at that that time, households with one television set, where and the television set was a family device, and usually it's kind of the kind of the the dad of the family who who controlled that, not with a not with a remote control, but but with the <laughs> kind of with his with, fingers, his, well, with, or, or our fingers, go and get up and turn the TV <laughs> over um, and put you know. That that meant that the the idea of of bringing in a, a TV game and plugging that in and that 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 was kind of intrusive. It would get in the way of of, of television viewing. Um, whereas the, the the kind of empowerment that you know for a I don't know a, a twelve year old or ten year old twelve year old of having a device with its own you know admittedly primitive screen and display on it. Uh, and be, being able to kind of focus on that, sat, sat in the same room. It was this was an entirely new thing. It was you know, before that, you know, what, what what was there to to kind of take your attention other than maybe books and toys that you might you might put all your attention on. But this this kind of electronic handheld device became kind of a magical talisman. And you know, and and if you got the opportunity to take one into school on the on the last day of term when you were allowed to bring in games you know you you were the you were the, the popular kid in class that that day mm. uh, because you had this this piece of magic that was going to slip through from the future or from america um well, i think i think that's you know it's it's a key part of um it, it's funny because you know when you think that I mean, all joking aside, probably your first handheld experience and my first handheld experience were probably about 20 years apart. Mm. But it represented the same thing um, in that it was it was this thing of, you know, for me, having an older brother, he was the one who controlled the computer. So it wasn't controlling the TV, but he would mm. play cannon fodder. Um, and I would want to play, you know, Dizzy or something like that. Um, and I couldn't. And then when I when I got my Game Boy... It was this thing of I could kind of get lost in my own little world. And I remember I had this kind of magnifying glass that you fit over the top of it with a torch on um, so that you could play it under the covers at night and stuff. And, oh, yeah. you know, it was that thing of the, the independence that it gave you. Um, and it's funny because you saying that you could probably name the number of 
game, well, number of pieces of software in one hand that you love. Um, you know, I, I could probably name my top 10 favorite computer games and probably six or seven of those would be handheld computer games. Mm. And I think that's based on the thing of, you know, it was kind of getting with a handheld, you can get lost in something in a way that maybe, you know, that kind of communal gaming or that TV based gaming doesn't allow you to do. Um, and, you know, like I remember the first game that I had that I just got utterly, utterly, utterly lost in was um, was um, Link's Awakening. And mm. I think, you know, if I look at that kind of and compare it to, um, you know, the kind of the, the SNES versions and stuff like that, the handheld versions of of, you know, Pokemon and those kind of things. They just that you could get completely lost in them because they were a world in your hand and a world in your pocket and you know that's that's yeah. an incredible thing for and a, you a could take it and you could boy. take that wherever wherever you wanted to to as well you weren't kind of limited to oh you know you you're only allowed to <clears throat> have access to the computer or the television set at these these particular times yeah, yeah. they say that un, under the bed covers thing although yeah. not not with the early <laughs> not with the early <laughs> lcd games you didn't you, you couldn't fit a generator in your bedroom yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess my, you know, my first, the first things that started to creep through in the UK were were some of these Mattel uh, little handheld games, which were LED based. Yeah. And and although I didn't, um, I didn't personally own any of them. I used to make my kind of weekend trek to, with my with my mother and uh, to the shops and and beg her to let me go into the department store you know in, in Dudley town center Beatty's <laughs> department store uh, where For those they, of you not uh, from the UK Dudley is a lovely lovely market <laughs> where where well it used to be um <laughs> and and where where there was a a section of the latest toys and they would have these handheld electronic games the f little football one um and slightly late uh, a racing one and and slightly later than that a, a battlestar galactica themed one and oh and, a f and a friend did have that one and bring, bring it into school on some of the on some of the uh, end of term days and these were these are just pinpricks led light that that essentially you're t it's, a, it's a matrix of led um red leds that they're simply dots, and you're yeah. control. You, you know, you're you're controlling the movement of a virtual player, or you're dodging something like in lanes of traffic, or you know, with with a couple of buttons, um, or you're you know, in the more sophisticated games, you're firing a a, a pinprick LED, <laughs> across, yeah. you know, and these are these are not high res matrix uh, displays. These are, you know, you're seeing you're seeing a dot go move jerkily from one position to to the next. But the imagination that comes with that, you know, the the imagination of what they surrounded it with, that kind of contextualizes these LEDs as as a racing car, or contextualizes them as a as a football American football field, or contextualizes them as as a a a Cylon, you know, Cylon attack, <laughs> something similar to to the Atari box art and and cartridge label art just enables you to kind of uh, suspend your disbelief and, uh, and and you are you know you you are starbuck at that point shooting yeah. down shooting down but, cylons but i think you know that's that's the um i think that's an aspect of gaming that i kind of feel has been lost slightly is that with kind of these i mean you know the fact that you know if you look at handhelds like the Vita and you have this kind of console level graphics um, and you know that that kind of idea um, it's one thing that I really miss is is poor graphics because I think for your imagination um, it, it it kind of works better almost because mm. it allows you to um, you know allows you to kind of project your world onto yeah. this world and I, I think that's a uh, because you know with I mean, I kind of came in in the kind of eight bit generation, um, but still, there was there was a kind of level of interpretation in in the graphics and so on. And I do think some of that's lost with kind of these hyper real graphics. But maybe yeah, that's just me looking at things fondly. Yeah, yeah. I think that, well, there's always that tendency, isn't it, to, to think well, we we had the imagination with <clears throat> with whatever generation we're from, but we had the imagination to to enjoy these very 
you know, by today's standard, incredibly crude things. But similar to maybe my father saying, saying to me, you know, we didn't have these kind of level of sophisticated plastic toys. We used to play with a ball, or we would, you know, we would would make a. My my father would make me a gun out of a piece of balsa wood and some elastic bands and some nails. You know, that kind yeah. of <laughs> those kind of things. Um, so you know, we would we would we felt, I guess. We were being spoiled, you know, for for choice back in the in the seventies with these things. But, but you know, I think that children's imagination can find its uh, can find spaces wherever wherever they are. Yeah, um, I think that's true. I'll, I guess, I'll give you that one. You won that one. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, I guess the next kind of things that start coming along, were, you know, the, the, these studies creeping creeping in were were more sophisticated, the handhelds. But but before that, there was there was a kind of a, a period when. Um, before the games with kind of interchangeable games and and so on and and more sophisticated graphics, we we started getting a few kind of simple games that play that that had multiple game options. They they almost started to try to be like a console um, with a choice of different games rather than the one dedicated game. And the, yeah. and the first thing you and you said you'd never you'd never seen one of these. The first the first thing that I got hold of was um, was something called the the Merlin. Um, and in, in the in which the, is a great name for a console. Yeah. More consoles should be named after Arthurian legends, in my opinion. <laughs> so, so the, I'm just looking this up now. I've got the, we've got the link. We'll put it in the notes. So it was made in the US by Parker Brothers. So over over here, I, I I'm just trying to think who launched it. Anyway, it's a sim similarly, but I think it was may may have been uh, sold under license here, but it, but identical in any case. And this, you know, for those of you who haven't, haven't seen it photograph of it it's it's about the size of a of a, a very a large uh, phone handset you know a very a large one uh, that you can just about hold in in one uh, kind of hand um and the, and at the top the, the top and the bottom are kind of cur slightly slightly curved towards the if you if you imagine you were holding this to your head which you which you have no neat reason to do <laughs> <laughs> but if you were if you were the top and bottom are kind of angled uh, slightly um towards you and it, and in the top's a speaker. The bottom has has four kind of touch uh, 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 kind of uh, kind of touch buttons, you know, but they, they they have a slight movement to them. And then the the cent the centre of the body of it is is got um, a kind of nine uh, nine way like a key a keypad um, arrangement, and then two other buttons. But they're all c circular um, touch buttons that can that have a, an LED behind them. And so they can be lit, and they can they can uh, just a red LED, and they and they can flash on on and off uh, for different games. And you are so, aware you could have just quite simply described it as a telephone with four buttons at the bottom. Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's that's, a beautiful yeah. description, and, uh, <laughs> far but more the, beautiful and elegant than my description. And I, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting game because because when I when this came out, I remember. Just before this, we'd gotten in the shops in the UK uh, the Simon game. If uh, lots, lots of people will be familiar with that, a kind of dinner plate-sized uh, home electronic toy game that that had four big coloured buttons on it and would play a, a sequence of musical notes and flash the lights, and you'd have to repeat it. Just a, the kind of regular game that we're all familiar with. But it was a fantastic home game, really designed to be played, I guess, at a, on a table or, or on the on the the hearth rug by by a group of kids or a family um, and I was really really keen to get a Simon but when I went into the toy shop and we were talking about this what I was going to get from I think it was for my birthday present um, that the owner of the toy shop said oh we've, we've got this other thing which which is coming out which which has the Simon game in it the repeated patterns tune thing and it has a bunch of other games as well so Merlin is this kind of kind of way, this kind of hybrid thing, where it where it it enables you to play different games with this kind of undifferentiated gameplay uh, possible board. You know, you, mm. you can you can do a lot on a grid of uh, a grid of nine or eleven eleven uh, lights. Um, you know, if your imagination allows you to. So so the games. Um, I'm just trying to look at, look them up and remember it, but the one, the one I remember most of all because the Simon game wasn't wasn't very good. I think a lot of the a lot of the intro, the Simon ver the version on Merlin wasn't particularly good. But I think a lot of the appeal of of Simon was those four big 
brightly coloured uh, buttons that you could pretty much hit with your with your hand, you know, because they're really heavily kind of sprung and really tough plastic. As I'm, I've got one these days, but I never had one at the time. Um, and you, uh, yeah, I think part of the fun was was moving your hand around quite quickly in a kind of very crude way and, and hitting these big coloured buttons, whereas whereas Merlin required you to press it with your thumb uh, or your or your index finger, and um, and, and so it, did, it lost some of its appeal. But the but the game that really appealed on, on it for me was that was was blackjack. It had a, a kind of version of of a card game on it where it the, you would play against the computer. The, the computer would deal itself. <laughs> one trusted they were random. It would, de <laughs> it would deal itself uh, a couple of cards. Um, it would deal you one or one card, and it would just by pressing lighting lighting up the button, you'd see which one you'd got, and then you could hit or you know or or stick <laughs> uh you could hit me hit me and have another another card um or you could say i've got enough and i'm i'm as close to 13 um as i as i think i'm going to get with those with those numbers and then and the computer the generation <laughs> gamblers was born <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe uh, and then i'm going to you know the, the computer's going to play its hand and and, and you've either won or lost and it was, it was i think it was best of 10 games to 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 win it but this was incredibly simple to play and really really addictive um but the noises that, that it made i, I get, get hold of uh, i have to either check my my device to see if it's still working get some batteries in it or and record the sounds or or have a look online to see if someone sampled the, the sounds but they it, it only it had a kind of vocabulary of uh i don't know a, a, a several tones it did say on on the box somewhere um how many tones it um, it could speak but I'm sure there must be a reference to it somewhere, but it trust me, it got pretty annoying, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, my, and my father would have said yes, it got very annoying very very quickly just to keep hearing these kind of. <laughs> I think this is part of the, the the my memory of all of these early games is their is their very limited audio vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, maybe maybe. That's kind of more significant than the than the lack of visuals. But it's part of the charm, isn't it? I mean, I think it's funny because you know a lot of the a lot of the kind of my early memories of gaming. I, I guess it's like that whole thing of um, people say, you know, I smell an apple, you know, an apple pie, and I'm in my grandma's kitchen. Mm. It's you know, if I hear particular you know like the mario um brothers soundtrack or the zelda kind of you know all these eight bit tunes it just takes me to you know a very very happy place and i think you know the the sounds are are as important as as the graphics and i think especially in the early days of of, of gaming i mean it's it's funny now because you get Hans Zimmer scoring computer games, um, but you know, <laughs> like an eight bit would have been a, would have been like a symphony, an orchestral symphony compared, <laughs> compared to these. <laughs> I think I think it, it, maybe we should get we should challenge Hans Zimmer. I'm challenging him now to make a soundtrack out just of the out of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like be... the presumption that he's listening, but yeah, I'm sure I'll he keep is. it. <laughs> So yeah, so I guess this kind of kind of occupied a kind of early, but maybe the end the end of the beginning really in these in in kind of handheld games. Um, and very soon after that, we were get we we were getting the line of uh, of Nintendo Game and Watches appearing in the UK. Still amazing. Yeah. So uh, and I I was first loaned one by an auntie who was uh, who was who was very fond of buying little gadgets and she'd bought herself one of the one of the first generation I think the silver um, game and watches um, and and soon after that the the wide the game and watch wide came out which had a, a slightly larger screen I mean by by no means would, could one consider it a wide screen um, <laughs> you know we're talk, we're talking about you know, maybe a uh, a couple of inches diagonal in a maximum uh, in a kind of TV format as opposed to a, a squarer format on the originals and um, and both of those I, I got the the game fire you were guy I, I challenged you earlier to guess which one and you just off by about one game I think <laughs> <laughs> as you guessed flagman but no I, I thought fire was um, was was utterly fantastic and and kind of here i guess we you know these are the first lcd games 
and the kind of change from just seeing lights that that weren't shaped in any way or or if they were they were shaped just by a kind of surrounding uh, aperture that made yeah. that made it kind of like a circle or kind of like a like a like a straight line um and it, and here we're seeing L LCDs fixed display LCDs that couldn't you know, they weren't these aren't dot matrix LCDs um that that could have little cartoony characters on and this is the uh, to my knowledge this is the first uh designed character that Nintendo did do you yeah, know it of is, any yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is, yeah. So and the, and it's featured in in some later kind of Super Smash Brothers, hasn't it? Mm. The uh, what do they call him, Nintendo Man or Game and Watch Man, Game yeah, and Watch yeah. Man, or something like that. It's it's funny though because um, <laughs> that's another thing is I, that I quite like about kind of retro game design and stuff is I like the idea that characters were restricted in their design. So you you got this whole thing of you know with the kind of principle of character design in animation where you design by silhouette. Mm. I think it's nice that well, you, know, you had that, no choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but, yeah, I, but I do think that it it leads to kind of really distinctive character design. I mean, I, I remember seeing um, a couple of years back in um, a PlayStation magazine, they were doing a comparison of all the protagonists of that that year's biggest games and there were you know games like infamous mass effect um resistance and they were all white mid-30s skinheads <laughs> like every single one of them <laughs> and um i just thought it was funny that you know that with all these amazing graphics and this the you know these incredible design teams all the protagonists looked exactly mm. the same and even down to star wars force unleashed you know every single one mm. was just this kind of I think they had about 15 of you know the world's biggest games that year and every single one was a white mid 30s you know short-haired crew-cutted mm. guy and I think you know when you look back at um you know the 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 limitations of kind of early graphics but yet you can still identify every character um from their silhouette or from you know from kind of aspects even of of the character um, and I, I love little things like Shigeru Miyamoto. The reason why all of his characters um, wear hats is because he can't draw hair. I think that's, <laughs> that's the best, the best admission I've ever heard. But it makes the but it makes the the silhouette much that much more recognizable. Yeah, it does, exactly. And it's it's funny because it, you know it's kind of a happy accident, I guess. Is that you know it it was born from the fact that. He had this kind of inadequacy when it came to drawing hair. Mm, turn um, your disadvantage into a into an advantage. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I could talk about Shigeru Miyamoto for about twenty five years. So uh, another we'll show. get back to we'll yeah, get, yeah. get back to you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it's it's good to kind of connect these things through because I, I, you know, it hadn't really occurred to me until just kind of researching for this that that really was the beginning. A game and watch man really was the the beginning of this kind of character design in in games. It, but but it was so integrated into the hardware that in order to you know to do this you you had to you had to be in a position to design the lcd and commission the lcd you couldn't you couldn't just take an off the shelf lcd and so nintendo's ability to to do that and to do that kind of in in really in, in massive numbers uh, a lot of these games seem to seem to have shipped you know a million a piece a lot of these these individual game and watch things and i'm just uh i was just trying to look at how many of them there were finally it was a, quite a large number of particular well, games they, um, and you know it's, it's worth remembering that um that you know the the kind of real stalwarts of um, Nintendo in Mario and Donkey Kong and the, you know they all, all started, started on, there. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it it really was kind of the birth of the modern um, of, of the modern handheld era. Yeah. Um, and do you remember? I mean, do you remember the in? Um, oh gosh, which one is it? The I'm just trying to look. There's a, there's a great article on Engadget like from. 2006 actually that's got a quite a nice uh, history of handheld games as well which has got some nice ones yeah one reminded me of, of, of the microvision do you remember that did yes you ever, ever I get do, to yeah. see it? so this kind of 
tries to get around that thing of well the LCD is a is a is a great way to design games because you can because you can actually design silhouettes you can create characters and and believable elements of uh, kind of representational elements on on the screen but you but you're stuck so you know this this idea that I'm going to have to buy if I want a new game apart from slight variations that come from having a kind of A game and a B game on the on those yeah. Nintendo game watches I, if I want a new game I'm going to have to buy a whole new new device and yeah. obviously in the home con in the home market which we're not really talking about here by this time we, we've got a, a well established tradition of of buying a cartridge buying a a piece of hardware with some software embedded in it that mm. we that we could um, that we could add a new game to our console. So expensive, but nonetheless, yeah. nonetheless, we could we didn't have to throw the whole thing away. So that so the microvision is kind of this attempt to to say, well, if we make the LCD interchangeable, uh, and we can we can also do a few things like uh, you know we we can theme some of the buttons by doing that and and yeah. so on and put some coloured overlays on the LCD because this is what we're talking about back then is colour means a coloured overlay. Yeah. Um, th then we, then we can sell you these these screens. We can sell you these with the games embedded in them. Um, yeah. I never I never had one of those. Or only only late much much later a second hand mm. one. I don't know if you ever looked at it. No, I mean, I, I remember kind of seeing them about, but it was, you know, they were, they were, um, they were quite old by the time I started looking mm. at them. Well, they, don't, they didn't last very long. They, uh, no. they, they, they were really prone to, to, to kind of, uh, to stop working. Various by the reason. way, the, the, the one thing I have to say before people start emailing in is it's Mr. Game and Watch. Game and Watchmen. I'm really sorry. I just I, I, I remember. I'd like to I'd like to apologise to his family <laughs> for any offence caused. Yeah. I'm assuming I'm assuming he's passed away now, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe he's in retirement. They, they were burying him in London today. Actually. Is that is um, that what it was? Yeah, they stopped. Uh, something for him. Um, I think that's for, appropriate. For the death of Mr. Game and Watch. <laughs> I think that's appropriate. <laughs> they draped him in a Union Jack, which seemed inappropriate because he's Japanese, but nonetheless. Strange. I guess we took um, him to we took him to our hearts. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Weird that David Cameron was there, though. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's again a joke that could world. go on way too uh, far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so you know, and I think um, Game and Watch, you know, they're, they're, they're something that are still. Well, it's one thing that that Nintendo are really good at, I guess, is kind of um, worshiping themselves. <laughs> um, mm. But you know, they, they acknowledge their history a lot. And I think it's you know they're a they're a I mean people think that they're a company that started in the eighties but they weren't they you know they're like a hundred years old <laughs> they made um, they made trading cards and stuff didn't they mm. um, I mean I, I remember they their first big contract was they um, apparently they got the rights to print Disney characters on uh, playing cards uh, in Japan and that's yeah. what started them off yeah. Um, but yeah and um, you know I think. Because I remember I have a Game Boy Advanced SP that's in the colours of uh, in the Famicom colours. So mm. you know it's you know they they always kind of um, are kind of think about their past kindly, and I think that but they have a very strong past and they have a very strong uh, heritage of characters. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think you know with with the Game and Watch series, it's where a lot of people discovered kind of handheld gaming, and I mean. Obviously, I wasn't around at the time, but um, from kind of what I've seen and stuff, they they were quite affordable as well. They weren't, you know, yeah, they weren't they were, massively expensive. Yeah, they were. They were. I think they were kind of the, I, I don't know. I guess the, the equivalent of about fifteen pounds or something. We're talking about maybe twenty pounds or so. Um, so yeah, they were they were they were kind of affordable games. Mm. I've probably still got the price tag on the box <laughs> of my original <laughs> one, so I could probably go home and tell you exactly what uh, exactly what it. You costs. are aware that we have to do a YouTube video that is going uh, through the history <laughs> of handheld games based on my collection. And, <laughs> and then your, and then and we yours. can t we can take over on my one then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be good. So I, you know, this kind of period re really seemed to have. Not, nothing much seemed to change in handhelds between about 1980 and 90. I'm just looking here. The night that the Game and Watch series lasted for 11 years. Yeah, just astonishing that these kind of very restricted, very limited single game devices, some with two screens and 
lots more color overlays and, and various things. Uh, it lasted that long. Um, and, and I guess when the Game Boy comes along, it, it just totally revolutionizes the, the, whole, the whole nature of these things. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, I mean, the, the thing to remember is, um, you know, the Game Boy was the first kind of runaway success in the games industry. I mean, there was, um, you know, before that, there was this kind of arcade, um, you know, the, the arcade culture. And, you know, in terms of the entire industry, um, you know, the, the Game Boy was the thing that, that kind of changed it all. Um and I think it sold just under 120 million units, wow. um, which is, I, I should probably check that <laughs> before. Well, it depends on um, what, what you count, I guess. Because if you, well, it, if that's, you... I think that's including, you know, the, the, um, the Game Boy Pocket and the, you know, the yeah, kind of the variations of it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that, I think that's just Game Boys. That's not kind of Game Boy Colors, Game Boy Advances and so on. Um, it's one thing I always hate Nintendo for, and I don't hate Nintendo for much, but they got rid of the Game Boy name. And that I, I just don't think it's on because I and I know they then had to do a game girl that was pink and all of that kind of stuff. But it's such a it's a it's a name that means kind of so much to so many people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know when it when it came along, and again, you know the technology when, when you kind of look at it. I mean, I've still got um, a Game Boy at my mum and dad's, uh, yeah. an original generation Game Boy, yeah, and um, you know they are huge. They are they are these kind of massive things. They're the battery life's terrible. The screen's horrible. Uh, well, the battery life wasn't too bad for for back then. I think it, yeah, because yeah, there's no light on the screen. Um, it felt it felt to me like I was getting I was getting pretty good value from a from a set of batteries. What did it take four four batteries four double mm -hmm. batteries? Um, but I but I played it. I say I I was in my mid twenties when it when it came out or when I um, when I got it. Um, but God, I was addicted to that thing, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I wasn't the only one. I knew I knew other mid twenties people uh, and and older who were who were buying these things and just well, just remember, loving it. Um, I remember one of my mum and dad's friends. Um, she had one and played Tetris on it religiously, and she'd have been in a in a forties then. Yeah, so, my mum got know, one later. Um, yeah, it, you know, I think it was it was kind of the first. Um, mainstream gaming console, I guess. Um, Handhelds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, it was, it, I guess it was the first time that Nintendo, because um, it's funny, because Nintendo have this reputation for being like a hardcore gaming company, um, which is odd to me because they, you know, the Game Boy was kind of the first console that everybody had. Um, and, well, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, remember, I mean, though, we got in the US, of course, you've got the, the Famicom. And yeah. the, the the NES and and that at one point, I, I think I'm right in saying that that it was it was something like fifty percent of U.S. households owned yeah, yeah. owned an NES. Yeah, and it, think, astonishing. Um, which is amazing when you think of the Wii statistics, which is, every household in Britain has four hundred and thirty eight Wii's, <laughs> um, which is an incredible. Statistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um. No, I, I I remember when the Wii came out. I was working in Game Station, and everybody was panicking and freaking out at like stocks and so on. And mm. I just remember the the stock room of Game Station being eighty percent Wii's and mm. just everybody buying one. It was hilarious. Mm. But anyway, um, so the game, with... but the Game Boy really was a phenomenon like that. Yeah, it, it was. Took, and... but it took a few a little bit longer to kind of, to kind of build and play well, out. I think I the sense was... that things did take a bit longer then. Well, in in nineteen ninety two when I got mine. Um, I think that's kind of when it really, when it, it was mm. really kind of starting. Because I think, you know, one of the big problems was um, it had an atrocious um, launch lineup <laughs> um, in that it was so small and so restricted. And then I remember, you know, there was kind of, um, I mean, this this was back in the days when, when games used to get kind of imported and it was this kind of seedy back alley mentality where you'd go into these kind of little independent game shops and they'd they'd sell you a copy of you know, Pokemon three weeks before it came out here or whatever. Mm. But, um, you know, the, there was, I mean, there was Super Mario Land uh, was released in Japan, um, which is, you know, the, the kind of um, pinnacle of, of Game Boy gaming, I guess. Or, as I'm sure most people would think, 
of Tetris as you know the best yeah. uh, Game Boy game, yeah. which I still think is I think it's the biggest selling. Uh, Game Boy Game, I think. Yeah, it's, it is. I'm just looking here. Thir- yeah, 30.26 million sales with a, the closest next is Pokemon Red and Blue at 23 million approximately. Oh. Uh, See, although that, that, those, figure, those figures go back to 2009. You're clearly looking at a computer. Yeah, I am. I'm just looking. Oh, there we go. <laughs> See, I like to make my statistics. I was pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, you were um, very close. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and, um, you know... You should the, get out the, more. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the, I think... One of the biggest things is, um, you know, you're talking about kind of interchangeable cartridges and so on. I think one of the biggest selling points of the Game Boy um, in the States and here was that it came bundled with Tetris. Yeah. Um, so it was this idea of, um, you know, you, you, you bought the console and you got the game. And it was the game that most people wanted. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's, 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 again, something that Nintendo have have done since is they release variations of a console with the game release and you know that kind of thing and um you know it's something that they kind of i guess it it was it well it was it was a lesson that they learned in the game and watch days is if the game's good enough the console will sell so yeah um, and so but, but here you're selling something that's more expensive but not outrageously expensive i think it was, a, no, no. It was about 50 quid in the uk um yeah about 50 uh, 50 quid it was like eight, 89 dollars or something like us um but i remember, remember that you know the christmas i got it um i i was i was down in cardiff with my grandparents and i remember you know these were the days i believed in santa um who is real mm, um, of course and, and i just believed in him more um, but, <laughs> No, and you know, I remember getting this, um, you know, this Game Boy with Tetris, and I had a copy of uh, Mario Land, and you know, it was it was the days when you you know when you were a kid, and you know, you get loads of presents, and nothing got a look in, absolutely, <laughs> nothing else got a look in. Well, um, I, I remember when it when it came into, I, I think I I got it. Um, at a Christmas, as a Christmas gift uh, from my parents, even mm. in my mid twenties, and uh, <laughs> um, it's all right, I still get that one. And it it was a it was a general hit, you know. It it, it was something that that you knew something was was good if my father said, "Come on, then let me have a go." Yeah. And, and two hours later, you were saying. Come on, Dad, give it me back. You know? <laughs> uh, occasionally, things went like, were like that. You know, um, some of the early, the I think the, some of the early iPads were were a bit like that, and uh, not iPads, iPods um, were a bit like that, and um, just just the ability to watch little movies on things. But you know, you can always tell when it, when a when a, a whole other generation yeah. is kind of captivated by something that, that, that something special is happening, mm-hmm. and it was this. Uh, you know, I think what for me was this amazing thing is is that all the way back in the midst of the early 80s you know we'd had these lcd games and and now here we we, it it had just completely reinvented it all of a sudden we've got this fairly high-res dot matrix lcd uh, that could be anything and we've got a speaker and sound generator that didn't just play (laughs) things it could actually do a passable um tune and uh, and and several kind of synthesized voices uh, on it you know music, musical voices on it I, um, I also think that one of the key things that um you know I, I guess people don't really regard the game boy as but it was the first it, at least that i'm aware of was it was the first multiplayer handheld um oh, into, in terms of the game link yeah yeah, yeah. so you know it, did it anyone was that, own one i did <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you friends. know, it was it was. Yeah, I, had no, I had nobody to play it with, but I had the link. Um, <laughs> the, the the Game Boy Link cable, the least used peripheral in the history of mankind. <laughs> but um, you know, and I think um, you know, it, well, I'm thinking of games like um, tennis. You know, you could play kind of cooperatively or multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon. You know, it had the idea of trading and battling and so on. Um, but also, you know the it was it was kind of the birth as well of Nintendo um, with their kind of peripheral culture, where they did the uh, Game Boy camera uh, and the Game Boy printer, which was wow, yeah, um, <laughs> amazing. It was like a little receipt printer, but um, yeah, a little thermal little thermal printer. Yeah, yeah, but it was nice. It was a nice little idea. But you know, I think um, 
Nintendo and kind of a lot of the things that it became associated with um, kind of started with, with the Game Boy. And I think, you know, for, for a lot of people um, of my generation, Pokemon is the game of their childhood. Um, and, you know, it was, well, it's funny because um, what we're probably, what, 15 years on since the first um Pokemon, if not a little bit more, um, and it hasn't changed. The recipe hasn't changed. The graphics haven't really changed, and it goes to show how much they got right then. Um, and like you say, for such a kind of small uh, dot matrix screen, they they got a lot out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and it it kind of solidified. You know, in my mid twenties, it sealed my love of Nintendo and what they do with hand with handhelds that I'd kind of I'd forgotten about. Mm. You know, since since the game watch really, and and after I think then for for about three generations of of in, of new handheld systems, I I was there on launch day, yeah, or, or pretty much you know as clo as close as I could be. I, I remember ordering the I remember getting the Game Boy Advance, um, go in Singapore. And mm. getting it, getting it on launch day in Singapore because it was it was a couple of months before it was going to turn up in Europe. Yeah. Um, and I didn't just fly to Singapore for that, but I, I was <laughs> I, I was there and Pretty went much. and went to Toys R Us to get one. Um, but I think that you know. But and then and then sorry, just to, you know, I, later on when when the DS launched, I ordered on eBay or or online in one form or another from from the US um, to get to get a, a, a hand a version of it before it came out here again. So you know, it really the the, the impact of the Game Boy, I think was uh, was was phenomenal. But I think you know it it's something that um, well the the 3DS was the first Nintendo handheld that I didn't get on launch day. Yeah. Um, and that was purely based on I was waiting for uh, Ocarina of Time, which is one of my all-time favorite computer games. So I just thought, I'll wait. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, from the Game Boy, I had um, the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, uh, Game Boy Micro. Yeah. You know, you know, and like you say, every one that was launched, I was there on launch day. And it was, it, you know, the handheld... You know, if somebody says handheld console, I think Nintendo. And I think, you know, so many people think that. Because, um, you know, it's worth mentioning that at the same time there was the Game Gear. Um, and the Atari Lynx. Yeah, yeah. And both, you know, flopped, really. Yeah. Um, well, they, they tried to do, I think what they did was to try to do too much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Before before um, those technologies were well, they were, really, they were really running mainstream. before they could walk. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember. And the battery like, life really was appalling on those well, things. The, the Game Gear had kind of a one or two hour battery life. And I remember um, in the summer sitting outside on, on my wall playing. Uh, this, was when, this was when we gamers used to go outside, you see. Um, but I, I remember um, playing uh, my Game Boy on, on the wall and one of the girls who lived down the road. Um, I was a weird gamer. I played with girls. <laughs> what a weird, weird man. <laughs> but, um Lizzie, she used to, she had this uh, Game Gear, and every kind of hour or so, she'd have to kind of run back to her house to get more batteries. <laughs> <laughs> you really needed a, a, a big supply of batteries. Of those yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then she'd come totally back down the road, and I'd still be there playing away. Yeah. Uh, so it was. I mean, it was great. I remember a friend, a friend uh, having having a Game Gear, and uh, and and it was lovely to see to see Sonic in full color. And on one, uh, on one of these things, <laughs> um, but that battery life—it just—and yeah. uh, it was an expensive device as well. So, so the Game Boy was by this time was selling for fifty quid. Um, yeah, you'd buy it. You might buy it for Tetris, or you might buy it later on for Pokemon. But you would probably get a couple more games for it during the life of it, even if you weren't a, a, a kind of fanatical gamer. Um, and, and it would keep the device going and keep keep a kind of revenue stream. Whereas, whereas you know, paying one hundred and fifty dollars or one hundred and ninety dollars, I think, in the case of some of these things uh, for Links or the Game Gear, was just that's a lot of money. And then you start putting games in with that as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a. But I also think you know that that's that's a trend that has has always been present during. Um, you know the the history of handhelds is this 
idea of we can do it, so we will do it mm. at the expense of everything that makes handheld gaming good. And I'm, mm. you know, I'm thinking of um, the first generation of PSP, um, which at the time was kind of a bit of a technological marvel. You know, the fact that you were running nigh on PS2 level graphics yeah. on um, you know on a handheld was amazing. But four hours battery life is just ridiculous. And I, you know, I remember. Um, you know, the Game Boy Advance had kind of 15, 16 hours worth of, you know, gameplay out of a couple of AA batteries. And then I had I had one that was an illegal Game Boy Advance. I was on the dark side of gaming. <laughs> um, illegal. It, it was. A, it, it had a it, flick knife in it. Uh, yeah, it had a flick knife and a taser. Now, um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was called... And a, a distillery. Yeah, yeah. And a distillery, yeah. That's good. Cool. No, but it was... Um, it was it had a screen called a back blazer and um and no an afterburner and it was oh. it was a backlit Game Boy Advance. Ah, and so it was, it was aftermarket kind of yeah, uh, yeah. Fit, and, re, re, retrofitted. Uh, yeah, I could only play it, you know, away from police stations uh, <laughs> out in the countryside. Because yeah, I, I do remember at the time that was that was really what they were concerned about, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just just hunting um, down people. Yeah, it was just after nine uh, eleven, so they were <laughs> they were really cracking down on it. But um, no, and you know. Even the battery life on that was kind of six to eight hours. <laughs> so yeah. it was, uh, but it's it's funny because you know even now you know like the PS Vita, um, you know I, I kind of go it's cool, but I want I want my device to last more than a day, mm. you know, um, and it's it's something that kind of got right with iPads and so on. But um, yeah, I think you know Nintendo it it's it was such a dominant force in that market for so long yeah. um, that. I think you know, it, like you say, it was cemented in in my kind of psyche, and still is that Nintendo. If I buy a Nintendo handheld, I will be happy. Um, so I think what we need to do is we need to do another show about the kind of where we what we see is the kind of Nintendo's current state, um, yeah, and and where that might that might lead to, um, yeah, because it's clear no, that this beloved company is not is not quite what it used to be. Yeah, and it's it's sad. Um, because I have I have a lot of love and respect for the company, um, and yeah, yeah I, I think you know we should we should maybe do the post Game Boy years. There we go. Yeah, there we go. I think that's a that's a good good place to kind of kind of call it. Yep. Well, okay. next the next show is Nintendo the post Game Boy years. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do that. So we'll. And I'm going to dig out some of these old handhelds that I've got and, and get some batteries in them, fire them up and see which ones are still are still functioning and see if we can get some sounds. Let's do it. <laughs> I, think I, like the, I like the idea. We may, we may compose a new theme tune just entirely made of, of handheld sound. I think that sounds. has to happen. Yeah. That's what um, we'll yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go okay. with that. Okie doke. Okay. Well, um, well, yeah. Well, yeah. thanks everybody for listening. And um, next week's show is <laughs> somewhat... Unless unless something significant happens, but nonetheless, we'll do a special. Yeah, um, and we'll have a chance to talk about um, the next episode of Doctor Who by then as well. Yes, yes, and um, and the um, the funeral of Mister Game and Watch. <laughs> yeah, we hope we, an obituary. Um, yeah. <laughs> an yeah. obituary is possibly the most apt description <laughs> yeah. of today's oh. funeral. Sorry. Um, I'm bordering on politics. Um, but yes, anyway. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening and um, we'll see you next time. Yeah, good. Yeah. Not here, see, listen, more see. here. Imagine you, visualise you. <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Don't visualise it. <laughs> uh, good talking to you, Kyle. Yeah, and I'll speak to you in a little bit. Okay, take care. Right, bye-bye. Bye.